The tragic murder of Rose Harsent one stormy night at the end of May 1902 would lead to mystery, scandal, and not one, but two hung juries. Hi everyone, thanks for stopping by our table of disappointment. This is How They Got Away, the show where we discuss the unsatisfying endings to your favorite unsolved or unpunished true crime and corporate greed stories. I'm your host today, Kelsey, with my co-host... It's Annalise. I'm excited for an old case. <laughs> and our guest, Anna. Hello, everybody. It's me again. 1902. 1902. It's interesting because there's not a lot of evidence. There's very little in the way of evidence. It's all circumstantial. It's 1902. It's, 1902. <laughs> it's very rumors-based. But I feel like there's a pretty good idea of what happened here. There's just not enough to nail it down for certain, which is why it's unsolved. On the morning of June 1st, 1902, William Harsent was going to visit his daughter, Rose, at her place of employment and residence, the Providence House, to bring her new linens, which I think is so cute. Like, it's very college dormy. Your dad's bringing you a fresh change of sheets. So sweet. Even though you live, like, two streets down because you're working at as a servant. When he arrived, he found the house to be eerily silent. He headed toward the servant section of the house where Rose lived. And there, at the bottom of the servant's staircase, he found 22-year-old Rose Harsent dead at the foot of the steps with a pool of blood around her. I feel so badly for this man, just bringing his kids some new sheets, and he had to find her like that. Yeah, oh my god. That's horrific. And it also, this is going to, this is going to sound insensitive. It sounds like a ghost story, like a mansion, the servants' quarters, the stairs. This story, like all of the sources I found pretty well lined up with her discovery. So I don't think it was too embellished, but it definitely has that kind of setup. You're totally right. Like that would be the same kind of setup for a, like a ghost legend. Her neck and chest had several slash and stab marks, and the shattered remains of an oil lamp lay around her. Her body and nightgown also showed signs of having been burned. That's weird. We'll get into that. I see your quizzical look, Annalise. We're going to get into it. Rose's employers, the Crisps, had been home the night of the murder, and Mrs. Crisp claims to have heard a sound that night and had gotten up to investigate. She'd looked around, but having found nothing, had assumed that their servant, Rose, who was younger and went to bed much later than the Crisps, who were elderly, had gone, was still awake. So she didn't check much further into it, and she did not check the servant's staircase. I don't think she even thought to check that area. Yeah, and you also mentioned that this is like a mansion. That's kind of a lot of space to try and walk around, and if you know there's other people in the house, yeah. it's very easy to dismiss it's it's a large house but it's not like huge this is a very small town mm -hmm. so like this would be large for a small town kind of house but mm. still it was middle of the night she probably thought and eh, it's rose i'll go back to sleep yeah rose's autopsy would bring to light a possible motive she was six months pregnant at the time of her death uh oh hence the scandal I'm seeing oh, yeah. where this is coming to. Oh. Uh-oh. Hence the scandal. This murder occurred in Peasenhall, Suffolk, England. 
right smack in the Victorian era, rural England. This is a big no-no because Rose was not married and was single, living in her uh, employer's home. Yeah, that's reputation ruining. That is a reputation ruiner. The Victorian era, known for its strict social norms regarding sex and sexuality, particularly for women, being unwed and pregnant was not a good time. Women who found themselves pregnant and unmarried had very few options, namely marry or give their child to a foundling hospital. These foundling hospitals would take in thousands of children over across the country and were often overwhelmed, leading to not so great living conditions for the children. It's very little, few options here. That's really sad. Thousands, that's really sad. Initial police investigation of the house and Rose's room found several love letters, some of the raunchy sort. Peace and Hall was and is an incredibly small town, a 2021 census putting the population at less than 550. Not much has changed in the last 100 years. Teeny tiny. Everybody knows everybody's business. And the rumor around town was that Rose, young and unmarried Rose, had many lovers and liked the attention, often encouraging her admirers to write letters to her. Get it, queen. I was gonna say, you know what, Rose? Get it. That is for you. You live your life. (laughs) Find yourself a man. God, so proud of her. However, one of these letters found in her room in particular seemed to indicate that Rose had plans to meet with someone the night of her murder. Quote, I will see you tonight at 12 o'clock at your place if you put a light in your window at 10 o'clock for about 10 minutes, then you can take it out again. Don't have a light in in your room at 12 as I will come round to the back. Clearly indicating that somebody was like, hey, I'm free tonight. If you're free tonight at 10 p.m., have a little light on in your room. But then turn it off so no one gets, you know, suspicious. And then I'll show up a couple hours later and then we'll hang out for the night. It's the equivalent of texting you up. I was going to say that. (laughs) This is the 1900s you up text. We're the same. (laughs) Queen, are you up? Now, this is interesting. Because Rose's autopsy would put her time of death between 2 and 4 a.m. A couple hours after midnight. That means she died at least a couple of hours after she was meant to meet this person. Which says to me, either the person she met with did not set up the meeting with the intent to kill her. Or maybe they were late. And this could be relevant in relation to at least one suspect, which we'll talk more about when we get to them. But it's interesting that there's that difference. Although also I tried to look into it, but I couldn't really find like how accurate time of death estimations were for the time. I was going to ask that. Like 2 to 4 a.m. seems very specific, but I have to wonder about the accuracy of it. I'm sure they were doing their darndest in 1902. So she was supposed to, just to get this timeline in my head, um, see the light in this guy's window around 10 10 minutes take it out and then at midnight they were going to meet at his place 
no, no. This was a letter they found in her room indicating someone had sent it to her. Oh, okay. So he was going to come to her. Yeah. It's May 31st. It's dark. A storm is rolling I thought she was initiating. I was like, go, girl. (laughs) No, 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 no. Rose, she didn't got time for that. You come to her. She let them come to her. Yeah. It's I get it. May 31st. It's us. It's a Sunday night. So raunchy. A storm is rolling in. It's dark there. It's 10 o'clock at night. Maybe she put a light on in her room. I couldn't find evidence if people say she definitely did or did not. There is some evidence that maybe it was, but hard to say. Then at midnight, they're going to have a clandestine meeting. But then in a couple hours later, she's dead at the bottom of the stairs. So something happened here. The leading theory by this point is the around the motive. The That Rose met with her lover that night and then at some point told them that she was pregnant. As we said earlier, unmarried pregnant woman, reputation ruiner. And anyone who is in, while the men who would be involved wouldn't suffer as much of a reputation hit as Rose would. It's not good to be involved with that, particularly if you were married. The idea being that her lover killed her to protect her his reputation around town. She could have also, and I'm, this is just me throwing it out there as other possibilities, because we don't know what happened that night. She could have asked her lover for money, asked them to marry her, and they didn't want to do that, or maybe threatened to out them as the father, like some possible things that could have happened as part of that conversation that led to her death. We'll never know. I was wrong. She was found Sunday morning. Okay, okay. So she had multiple suitors. Um, How would she know exactly which suitor? If I'm just questioning, because if she had multiple suitors, is it possible she also didn't quite know who was the child's father? Possible. We know that she at least had... It was likely she had more than one lover. It's also a lot of gossip and hearsay, and people aren't exactly going to admit they were her lover. They definitely had letters written from at least one, maybe two people in her room that night. It's possible she didn't know. But, like, it's not like there's a paternity test. Like, if she says somebody's the father, like, it's done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just want to get all the facts out there. So Rose's body was found on Sunday morning, so the events all occurred Saturday night. And by the end of Tuesday, police had arrested a suspect in connection with her death. So fast turnaround. Keeping in mind, Peasant Hall is like 400, 500 people. The police force is like a handful of guys. There are a couple guys who volunteer and do it part time. (laughs) Like, this is, I'm not, like, not to put down the Pizenthal Suffolk police force of the 1900s, but, like, this might as well be a neighborhood watch. William Gardner was a neighbor of the Providence House, married father of six, lay minister, and foreman of local company Smith and Sons. He was considered a good man of good reputation. We don't trust that around here. Never. 
Never. <laughs> Never. Mm -mm. Part of Rose's duties serving the crisps was doing chores around the church that they attended. Between this and being part of the choir, Rose spent a good deal of time at the church. And as choir master and lay minister, so did William Gardner. Small towns like this love to gossip. And the gossip around town was that a year prior to the murder, William and Rose had been caught by parishioners in a compromising position in the church. In the church, bestie? In the church. In the church. In the church. <laughs> Not in the house of God! They took love thy neighbor too far. <gasps> Love thy neighbor, but not like that. Oh, yeah, really love thy neighbor. Ooh. Although, this is Victorian England, so a compromising position could be anything from holding hands to the full Monty. So who knows what that means exactly. Two teenage boys also claimed to have overheard a conversation between Rose and William. And while nobody is sure exactly what this conversation was about or what was said, it was understood that the conversation was sexual in nature. Salacious. Scandalous. Items found at the crime scene also seem to link back to William. An empty bottle of medicinal liquid paraffin and a scrap of newspaper were found near Rose's body. The bottle of liquid paraffin, which is essentially refined petroleum, had been prescribed to one of William's children recently. And the scrap of newspaper belonged to a newspaper that the Crisps did not receive. They didn't get that newspaper regularly, but the gardeners did. So Buddy, in this scenario, goes to visit his lover with medicine for his kid in a newspaper that seems like weird things to bring it's also possible that after the murder he panicked and went back to his home because remember he's a neighbor so he's really close to get some items and we'll get into why those might have been in just a sec here okay okay <laughs> well i'll just say it these items along with the smashed oil lamp were believed to have been used in an attempt to set fire to Rose's remains as a means of covering up the crime. Because paraffin, refined petroleum, incredibly flammable. Oil lamp, obviously flammable. Newspaper. Fodder for the fire. Is flammable. Yeah. Clearly, we know this didn't work. Okay, I, I get it now. But, you know, you can kind of see where yeah, that might yeah, have come from. Although, later they'll claim that Rose had a different reason for having the bottle of paraffin that comes up in the trial. It was also claimed that the handwriting on the note asking to meet with Rose that night looked very similar to William Gardner's handwriting. I don't know who said this. I don't know if it was police. I couldn't find the, a copy of the original note because this was 1902. But, like, who is saying this? It's 1902. They did have handwriting analysis. This was not a new science at that time, but like, are we sending this off to somebody to look at? Or are we all just staring at two notes and going, yeah, those look similar. Not sure. 
Those E's look the same. Those look the same. The day after the murder, the gardeners had a bonfire in their yard. This wasn't super uncommon, not as uncommon as it would be today, where you'd be like, "What? why the fuck do you have a bonfire in your yard right now? Because at the time, these bonfires could be used for cooking or getting rid of trash. But considering the other evidence, it's a little suspicious. What you burn in there, buddy? <laughs> what you getting rid of? What you getting rid of? His wife, Georgina, claimed that she needed the fire to boil water. She has a lot of reasons for things that William did or didn't do that night. Considering the rumors of their affair and the fact that William had a marriage and six children and a reputation at stake, police suspected that he was the father of Rose's child, giving him a very strong motive for murder. William obviously denied both the affair and murder. His wife claimed that he had been home all night and that the rumors about the affair were, quote, rubbish. I don't think she said it like that, but, you know, you never know. And a neighbor, Rose Dickinson, there are a lot of Williams and Roses in this town. Her, Rose's father's named William, her supposed lover's named William. There's this other neighbor who's named Rose. There's just a lot of Roses and Williams. This neighbor corroborated that William had, been vis had visited her home between 10 and 11 at night before the storm hit and left a couple of hours later. But since we know that Rose died between 2 and 4 a.m., this alibi may not be airtight. Again, that comes back to how accurate that time of death estimate is. Another neighbor would have evidence saying William could be the lover Rose was meeting that night because they claimed to see William looking up towards Rose's window at the Providence house around 10 p.m., perhaps looking for the light that was the signal to meet. Or he could have just been looking up at the sky because he's a neighbor and lives in the area. These are accounts that are like additional to a salacious story, but also could mean nothing. And everyone's just like hanging out late at night, peeking out what their neighbors are doing, you know. Or watching the storm. Like, there's a storm rolling in. He could just be looking up at the sky. That's true. I'd stay up to watch a storm. <laughs> right, right. And it's the 1900s. What else are you going to do? Yeah, you don't, you're not going to turn on... Well, you have a, might have a radio, but you wouldn't turn on your TV. William was arrested by the end of the day on Tuesday. So, three days, not even, since Rose's body was discovered. They Quick were turnaround. pretty sure. I mean, this town is like a couple hundred people. You would notice if a stranger had come into town. There's only so many people it could be. Yeah, there's not many suspects on this list. Exactly. But more than you'd think, and we'll get into that as the trial goes on. William Gardner's trial for the murder of Rose Harsent began in November of 1902. That's a I mean, nowadays we wait months and months for trials, so that seems like a pretty quick turnaround from May to November. The prosecution presented the evidence that we've discussed, and their argument was that William was the father of Rose's child and that he'd killed her to save his marriage and reputation. Seems pretty clean and solid. The defense presented evidence of Rose's multiple lovers, and they, like, did what they could to destroy her character in this, like, saying they she could have no idea 
who the father of this child could be. Look at all these love letters. Looks into these townspeople who say that they saw her with such and such and so and so. Like, they really went to town for this. They also presented more of her love letters and brought forth one 20-year-old Frederick Davis who confessed to writing the raunchy letters because Rose had asked him to. I couldn't find information if he also admitted to writing to the letter wanting to meet Rose. I think no, but he definitely wrote the more raunchy, like love poemy ones. So that, but that brings some doubt yeah, into yeah. it. Understandable. If you have multiple suitors, then you didn't tell anyone except maybe the one person who killed you about this pregnancy then. Right. And she was six months pregnant. Like you have like stays and things. So you've got like a lot of layers, but still like nobody noticed. That's far along. Williams lawyer even contemplated that Rose had simply tripped and fallen down the stairs while holding the oil lamp and that she'd been slashed by the shards. He explained that her body could have become scorched when the liquid paraffin that she was holding when she fell caught from the lamp flame. He's just saying it could have just been an accident. Probably not, but, you know. I mean, uh, yeah, the scratches are what's suspicious for the most, and the fire that didn't fully go up in flame with a full-lit oil lamp. Hmm doesn't seem super plausible it could have happened i don't think so they also discovered defensive wounds on rose's hands and arms which you know i didn't see them so i can't say that they are for sure from a uh, attack but like they could be from falling down the stairs but i don't think that's likely no i'm not feeling that either not feeling that the defense, however, may have done just enough to sow reasonable doubt in the mind of at least one juror because the jury had been unable to come to a unanimous decision after this trial. Evan Edwards believed that there was not enough evidence to find William guilty, which left the jury hung at 11 to 1. Murder trials in England at the time required a unanimous verdict by the jury for murder trials. It wouldn't be until 1974 that that would be overturned. And this meant that there would need to be another trial. A couple of months later, in late January of 1903, a second trial with a new jury began. Very little changed in the way of arguments made, but the will of the jury did, because the jury would be hung again, this time with the reverse of 11 finding him not guilty and only one person finding him guilty. Yeah, there is very little attaching him it's hard to make that argument when you have especially in 1902 when you can't be like oh there's some kind of dna evidence or this or that it just there's so little to go off here can't do beyond a reasonable doubt we so easily forget that like not even 40 years ago like dna was not well used or well known you just kind of had to not to make light of the police work that you have to do for cases, but like, that's it. We we're so spoiled now with forensic evidence, tying people identifiably and uniquely to crimes. It's just kind of like, it could be this guy. Could be. Yeah. After the second trial returned with another hung jury, the prosecution issued a writ of null prosecute, 
that is my best attempt at pronunciation there of the Latin. This is different from an acquittal, which means that William Gardner was not acquitted for the murder of Rose Harson and was found neither guilty nor not guilty. Just forever in the gray zone. Forever in the gray zone. And this is England. This is 1902. I think it's before they had the innocent until proven guilty as part of their laws and constitution. I can't say that for sure. But it's just kind of like, he's not not guilty. He's not 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 guilty. And you got it. The whole town is like, he was involved in a scandal. Salacious. What are you going to do? But like that also colors it. Like that could have been a completely innocent situation that people like we don't know what they saw or what they think they heard that every, the whole town just decided was that they were having an affair and it could have been complete rubbish we don't know and everyone has confirmation bias at that point everyone wants to think they know what happened hence a true crime podcast where we talk about what we think happened mm-hmm. the gardeners would leave Pizen Hall shortly after the end of the second trial, likely becoming pariahs in the town. The townspeople generally keep the belief to this day that William was the perpetrator and that he got away with Rose's murder. However, there are a couple other theories in this case. One is that Georgina, William's wife, was actually responsible for the murder that she'd arranged to meet with Rose that night, perhaps intending to murder her from the outset, or perhaps Georgina tried to convince Rose to stop seeing William. But Rose revealed her pregnancy, leaving Georgina no choice but to protect her family. I was also kind of wondering if this could be some kind of case of jealousy, whether it was a a woman whose husband was involved or if it could have been another lover discovering... Yeah, I was thinking that too. ...what had happened with the others. Hmm. We also have to remember at this time, your husband being involved in an affair would ruin the entire family, including you. And like divorce, not there. You're stuck with that. And if your reputation, your reputation is everything in this time, because if your reputation gets ruined, you may lose jobs, you lose social standing, like that could have a serious impact financially on or and socially on their family. As part of William's alibi, Georgina stated that she had been feeling unwell that night and had been awake at the time of the murder. She didn't return to bed until around 4 a.m. She said this to provide an alibi for William that she would have seen him leave the house, but as a result, she admits to not having an alibi herself during the time frame Rose died. The paraffin and newspaper could also connect Georgina to the crime scene since she and William lived in the same house. Georgina had also tried to explain away the paraffin, saying that she'd gotten it for one of her children, but then they had recovered more quickly than expected, and so she'd given it to Rose, who I guess needed it. It was a medicine that's mostly for, like, constipation, which I guess is an all-the-time thing in Victorian England, who knows? But that was her explanation for why Rose had the paraffin, in defense of her husband. A weird set of circumstances. Weird. Another possibility that could be likely, I think, is that William and Georgina worked together. William admitted the the affair to Georgia and that Rose was pregnant, knowing this would ruin their family reputation. Georgia then, or Georgina, excuse me, 
convinced that William to murder Rose to protect their family. They could have worked together to commit and cover up the murder. Or maybe he panicked after Rose told her, told him that she was pregnant and murdered her and then ran back to the house not knowing what to do, told Georgina the whole story, and then she helped him cover up the murder. Personally, I think if it was William, Georgina knew something either before or after the fact because she did the absolute most to explain every single thing they had against her husband. On the other hand, it's her husband and it's Victorian England and if he goes to jail, their family is donezo, destitute. Yeah. Unless she has family to support them. So she has multiple reasons she could have for protecting him from going away for murder. Yeah, and her being so exact about when she was up and how she would have been cognizant of everything that was happening, it's suspicious. It's suspicious. Obviously, you don't want your husband to go away for murder and you're like, oh yeah, I was awake. He wouldn't, I, I would have seen him leave. You were awake. They also lived, they had an at least one adjoining wall with another family who agreed that they heard sounds like people moving around. You know how it is within walls and neighbors around the time of the murder. So that seems to confirm that at least one of them was up and moving around around 4 a.m., which could be either one of them coming home. It could be that Georgina was up and moving around and just not feeling well who's to say very weird there is a chance that another one of rose's lovers killed her any one of them technically speaking has about as much motive to kill her as william did if william was her affair partner frederick davis admitted to writing at least some of the letters it's possible he arranged to meet with her that night she also had other lovers as the trial went into sordid detail explaining. One of them could have a reason to not want the reputation ruiner of being the father of a bastard child. Like, this is not a cool... Like, Rose could say such and such is the father of her child and that would ruin that person's reputation around town. Just like that. Few people believe this last theory, and I don't either, but it's worth mentioning. It's kind of a two-part theory. It's The theory is essentially that Rose did this to herself, but like there's two possible reasons for that. Rose could have been trying to commit suicide. She was already the center of scandal as a sexually liberated unmarried woman in a tiny Victorian England town. She might not have been able to stand the social taboo of being unwed and pregnant. But throwing yourself down the stairs with an oil lamp and a bottle of paraffin seems like a very inefficient method of suicide. That doesn't really make sense. Could throwing herself down the stairs be an abortion attempt? That's our next possible theory. She could have been trying to force a miscarriage by throwing herself down the stairs. She was fairly far along, six months, but it's not like they had pregnancy tests back then. So it's hard to say when she found out she was pregnant. Or maybe she changed her mind about having it or the father told her they wouldn't help her or marry her or be involved. And then, like William's attorney postulated, the lamp shattered as she fell and cut her in the neck and chest, causing her to bleed out. But you think if that was the case, she would have called for help from the crisps, unless she couldn't due to her injuries to the like throat. 
But you would also think that if it was the oil lamp, the injuries would have been more spread out. Yeah, and you would also think that if she was attempting an abortion like that, she wouldn't throw herself down with the oil lamp. I mean, it wasn't like the middle of the night, so maybe she wanted to be able to see. Who knows? I mean, if you're throwing yourself down the stairs, to throw yourself down the stairs. You don't need to see where you're going. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that seems like just like an added danger if you're not attempting suicide, you know? That's what I'm saying. I don't... The miscarriage theory, now that we're talking about it, I feel like that makes a little bit more sense that she's trying to give her a staircase abortion, but... The suicide one, I think, no. That just is the most inefficient means of mur of suicide that I've ever heard. But it could be a botched abortion gone wrong. There's a lot of reasons to not want to be pregnant at this time frame. So, like, I get it. They had ways to, like, do it back then, though. They did. They had more ways to do it. But, like, maybe... Like, it's not like every single person would have had access to those things. Like, there were a lot of herbs people could take at the time. But, you like, you need to know dosages for that. And she probably wouldn't have had, like, the amount of knowledge you would need for that just being, like, a maidservant, which would mean she'd have to go to somebody else in town or a doctor. And maybe she felt like she couldn't she couldn't risk people knowing. I'm not, I'm not super convinced of that. Like, I could see it, but I could also, it, it also doesn't quite make sense. Maybe it was, like, that night her lover said, I'm not going to be involved. I'm not going to marry you. I'm not going to help you. And, like, she was, like, feeling very distraught about it and trapped while being pregnant. So that night she tries to throw herself down the stairs. It is worth mentioning, though. It is technically a possibility. The mystery of who killed Rose Harsand remains unsolved to this day, and William Gardner died in 1941, never having confessed and never having been acquitted of her murder. Many people think William Gardner escaped justice in this case. Had they had access to modern forensic techniques, I believe they would have solved this. First of all, fingerprints on the bottle, the lamp, the newspaper, or the body. Can we connect anybody to this crime or the house? Fingerprints had just started to be used forensically, not 10 years prior. But a small town in New England, the police probably wouldn't have had access to such advanced techniques for the time or knowledge how to properly collect any that could have been at the scene. DNA. We could have known for sure who the father of this child was, and that really would have helped to nail down who did or did not have a motive for murder that said you know even if they had dna the average layman doesn't know if you've been with a woman and she says she's pregnant whether you are or not the father until the dna is out but it would have if william gardner was the father of her child it would prove that he'd had an affair with her that really would have ruled some people in or out dna would would not be used forensically for another 80 years so they would not have access to that kind of information yeah there was no chance for that and now that everyone involved and everyone who knew anything has passed good luck trying to solve it both william and rose rose is obviously dead but um 
I'm not sure she has any living relatives who would be willing to push this. I don't know if either of them have descendants. If they could do an exhumation at this point and get any viable DNA, they probably wouldn't for a case that's so long ago and not very high priority, but interesting to think about. Finally, handwriting analysis is far more sophisticated nowadays. That's not to say they didn't have, like they had some techniques for handwriting analysis at the time. It had been used since about the late 1600s by this point. So it's not necessarily new, but it's definitely not where it's at today. No computers to run an algorithmic analysis of the statistical probability of these two pieces of paper being written by the same person. Like we don't have that. It's just a bunch of people looking at something that William wrote for sure, looking at the note and going, yeah, these are the same. I think it was a little more than that, but still. It's possible that slightly more sophisticated handwriting analysis of modern technology could have proven if William had written a note or not. I think it probably couldn't have ruled him for certain in, but it might have been able to rule him out based on what we have today. And really, who she met that night is crucial to who was there. Like, I'm pretty sure it was whoever wrote the note. But that's the real question. Who wrote the note? Yeah, it could have been any number of her lovers. And so that is, and of course, an unconfirmed pool of people. It could be. And I don't, I couldn't find information if they'd all grown up in the town. But if you all grew up in the same area at the same time with the same teacher, I wonder what the likelihood is that you have similar handwriting. Like there's one teacher teaching all the kids how to write. I have, I don't know enough about handwriting analysis to know if people carry patterns from how they learn like that far into adulthood it's something i was thinking about because it's such a small town the likelihood that they would have seen much handwriting outside of the town like an accent makes me wonder if people would have developed a style like that that is a fascinating Which thought i don't know gets a doctorate in handwriting analysis to just to learn about this like, can you imagine someone just like hey you you cross your T's real weird. What's Only William Gardner puts little hearts on his eyes in this town. <laughs> little hearts. He's just like, oh, for, mi for Miss Rose. For Miss no, Kelsey, he puts little flowers because he's a gardener. Oh my God, Rose and Gardner. How am I just noticing that? I feel like I should need to look more into handwriting analysis because it's a very fascinating. It feels very much like a lie detector. Like... Like, it seems kind of very faux science-y, but I know that there's real science to back it up because it's like, I can write my name different. I can use my other hand, but like people who are really good at this can, can like tell that you've used your opposite hand or if you've tried to change it because the like patterns that you use to write are just so ingrained in you. It's very fascinating. I think it's worth mentioning that the defense did absolutely everything they could to destroy her character in this trial as a means of defending William, mentioning her multiple lovers to bring doubt to him being the perpetrator. And there's definitely a lot of misogyny and pearl clutching happening in this case of like, oh, she's an unmarried pregnant woman. The scandal. Like, There's a lot of that going on here. And I think that 
that as a result of all this scandal being built up around this case, the actual person, Rose Harsent, kind of got thrown to the wayside, which definitely had a hand in helping her murderer escape justice because this is unsolved and it's over, oh God, what year is it? It's over 120 years old now. So the likelihood of this person getting found is very, very small. But as we found in Annalise's just last episode, like you never know, DNA comes out, people are bored and do a little digging into an old cold case. You never know. But that's what I have for you today. I think it's really disappointing because this was Rose's murder, but also like it was her child's murder. Her child was six months along, like a couple more months if she'd lived, she, another person would have been here. And now they're not. And if it was William, he murdered her to protect his reputation, which maybe he should have thought about before getting involved with a woman who was not his wife, so. Yeah, and theoretically ma murdered his own child. The yeah, also, like, that's not talked about enough. I think whoever wrote the note, it could have been Georgina, but I think the biggest likelihood is that whoever killed her wrote the note and is also the father of the child, I think that's probably the most likely situation, whoever that person is. So however you slice it, the likelihood that this person killed their lover, someone they supposedly loved, and their child is very high. Well, I hope you're disappointed because I sure am because Rose was just living her best life and got got because Victorian England times. This wasn't the time era for her. She deserved better. That's the thing about it is that like, yes, if this murder had happened nowadays, it's not like it's unrealistic even today for someone to murder somebody else because of paternity of a child. That still happens to this day. We're very dramatic as a species. But also like she could have just done the damn thing and had her kid and just lived her life. Not so in Victorian England. And with that, I hope you're disappointed. Um, support a woman's right to choose. Uh, and single mothers. Support a single mother today. Push in your chairs. Have a good day. Bye, guys. This entire time I've been imagining there was a pot of roses in the middle of our table. Boo, I'm disappointed. Boo.